Welcome to Rob Evans 365, day number 99. And today I am super frustrated because uh, I have um, I had a, a late night last night and I went to upload uh, the recording from yesterday to uh, the, uh, the system so that everybody can see it or read it, listen to it. And do you know what? The latest iPhone update has changed the, uh, the, the way that the, this particular app works. And I don't know why they make changes to, to some things that make it more difficult to use than before. The way it was before, it was so easy to... Oh, excuse me. It was so easy to uh, like save it and, and so forth. Now you've got to like close one, one panel, go into another edit it, hope it saved it, all that kind of stuff. It's so annoying. And uh, it was a really good call yesterday and it's gone. Deleted. Deleted. So, man, I am so frustrated. It was about 30 minutes long too. Uh, so I am going to recreate it right now, which is really frustrating. It means I've got to do two today. So I'm really annoyed. Anyway, I'll climb down off my high horse and I will I'll tell you what we were talking about yesterday. And uh, you know, I'm really into cycling, right? So uh, when I say into it, I enjoy watching it. I don't, uh, I don't get out on the road much anymore. In fact, I sold my bike last year, my uh, good road bike, because it was just, it's been too dangerous around here. And I thought, you know what, it's, it's not worth it. But I love watching it. I love watching the Grand Tours and, and that kind of stuff because uh, my dad was a, a pro cyclist. And uh, ever since I was a kid, we've been really into this, uh, the track cycling as well as the, the road cycling. So that's what dad used to do. Anyway, I was uh, watching the, the end of the World Championships uh, yesterday. And uh, forgive me if I say today, yesterday, because of the recording and stuff, but um, the, uh, they were just on this last weekend and I haven't had a chance to see it up till now. And I, I guess the thing I took away from that is that you're never, you, you're never too old to uh, you know, achieve what you've never achieved before. And the reason I say that is there's this bike rider, his name's Alejandro um, Valverde. And he's, I think he's 38 or 39. And I'm not sure whether this is his last year. I mean, some of these cyclists, oh, they're normally gone by mid-30s. Cadell Evans, he won the Tour de France, I think 35 in 2011. Uh, but most of them are, are gone before they hit 30 or in their early 30s. Uh, in cycling, it's a little bit different to some sports. They reckon you know, like tw early 20s is too young. They just don't have the time uh, um, uh, in their legs to be able to keep doing these grand tours. Um, and certainly at the top of your game to be performing you know, into your, um, your late 30s is very rare. Lance Armstrong did it, but he uh, was also taking some performance enhancements to... Uh, to uh, make him perform better. And he was, oh gosh, it was 2009. Uh, he was there, I don't know whether he competed in 2010. That's when all the, the stuff happened uh, with the, the drugs and everything that came out. 
but I think he was either 39-40 as well, and he was, he was still right up there. Now, Valverde, he was suspended as a drug cheat many years ago, over a decade ago probably. He's come back in, hopefully he's clean now. I'll tell you a little bit more about the blood passports at the, at the end of this, but um, he's been having a, a fantastic year and he's placed in well, most of the Grand Tours, I think, certainly right up there. Uh, he was coming second in the last Tour of Spain, which was just uh, recently, uh, but then on the last, second last day, he just dropped, a, dropped away and dropped out of contention altogether. Uh, but uh, he, so what I was watching yesterday at the end of the World Championships, he won and he'd been podiumed six times before at the World Championships. Like his career uh, spans over 20 years probably. And, uh, you know, what was going through his mind at the time? Is this my last time that I'm going to get a chance to do here? I've done it six times before. It's never happened before. Uh, what's going to be different this time? Uh, kind of thing and he ended up pulling through. So I guess um, the reason I'm telling you this is that one, uh, age is not a barrier. I get many clients to me, I did a consultation just recently, um, she's now a client uh, and she said, oh, I'm just, she was telling me all the reasons why she couldn't do certain things and oh, now I'm so old and you know, I can't achieve you know, that sort of weight loss so I'll just settle for this. And I said, hang on a second, uh, I, say, I normally like to say to people, because I know I don't look my age, and I say, how old do you think I am? I say, oh, I like mid-30s. I say, I just turned 50. I say, what? Oh, that's unbelievable. I said, age is not a barrier to me because of the way that I live my life. And so like I did, uh, so my personal best deadlift is 170 watts, 175 kilos, that I did back in about 1990. Oh, gee, 1992, I'll say, somewhere around then. No, that's not right, 1996, 1996 it was. I have not been able to get close to that uh, since, for for many different reasons that you could come up with with hindsight. Uh, But just before I had my surgery, well, that's not true, just before, let's say six to 12 months before I had my last surgery for my shoulder last year, I lifted 182.5 kilos uh, at the age of, I would have been 48, I guess. And I never thought I would be able to do that because I'd passed that, that prime in terms of my weightlifting. But what I said was, do you know what? I'm gonna set my training specifically to achieve these weight, um, you know, these strength goals. I felt that I needed to get more direction in my training. Uh, So I said, well, I can't do heavy squats anymore. My previous heavy squat was 155 kilos, but because of the load that the bar on my shoulders does to my back now, I can't do that. So I said, okay, well, I'm gonna focus on the bench press, which I can still do, but I had the sore shoulder obviously at the time. I'm gonna focus on leg press. I'm gonna focus on deadlift because using, I use a hex bar to do my deadlift and that doesn't place the same load. It distributes the, the load through the, um, the shoulders and back a little bit better than it does having the bar in front, doing a typical uh, deadlift. So um, I focus my training all around, uh, each session was around improving my strength in certain areas so that I could get to the stage of achieving that, 
that deadlift uh, goal, or, and the other ones as well, bench and, and legs. And then what that gave me was the focus with every meal to know that, well, I'm working towards something here. I'm not just working out, like so many people just work out, as I've spoken about before, and they have no goals, they have no direction as to where they're aiming. So you're just gonna end up somewhere, but you're not gonna end up anywhere specific. Uh, so it gives you laser-like focus. Now, the reason I'm telling you that is that if I was able to achieve that at age 48, um, when I achieved it like 30 years prior, then what, you know, why, where are the limitations that we have? So Valverde, he was age 38, 39, whatever it is, and he just won one of the biggest world, like he's a world champion. He's never won it before. He'd been there six times before. He's older than he's ever been before. He's, you know, I don't think there's been a rider that's been his age that has ever won it before, but he's in such great form. And the other thing is that the, there was a, a group of three riders uh, that broke away from the, the main pack. So it came down to those three. Then there's another guy, Tom Dumoulin, who's one of the world's best time trialers. He caught up to that group. So there was four of them going into the last uh, you know, few kilometres. Now, he's the oldest out of all of them by a fair way. And he could have thought, well, I've got no chance here. You know, but he's actually a good sprinter. And um, I believe that he thought, well, maybe this is the last time that I'll ever get a chance to do this. I'll never be in a better position than I am right now. And I'm hungrier than anyone else. I want it more than anyone else here. No matter how much pain I'm in, I'm gonna dig deep, deep, deep so that I can win it. Now, I haven't looked at the news or anything since to see that, you know, were there any adverse drug findings or anything like that. So I'm giving the benefit of the doubt and saying, well, no, there wasn't. So it was all legit. Uh, and, you know, what an incredible effort uh, to be able to do that. But I reckon it's about hunger. You know, I spoke about the, the grand final um, a couple of days ago. And I think in the end, where those skill levels are about the same amongst all of them, uh, so like, you know, all the players, both teams collectively uh, and individually, that at the end of the day, it comes down to who wants it more, who's going to dig a little bit deeper uh, in those moments to make something magical happen. And uh, I think that's sometimes why you get the outcome that you, you get. Uh, so you're never too old. You're never too old to achieve what you want to achieve. And so what I was gonna tell you about the, uh, the blood passport thing. So, you know, all the cycling has a, a horrible history because of the various drug cheats. I mean, it is the toughest sport, um, anything in the world because of the amount of strain that they put their bodies on under for so long um, and these grand tours they're doing it day after day after day 21 days sometimes 22 days or more 23 um, and what an incredible athlete you have to be to be able to do that and they're riding up mountains and all that kinds of stuff so um, you know back in Armstrong's era, era so those of you that don't know Lance Armstrong just google him you'll find a 
a whole range of things, but he's won seven Tour de France's in a row. Now, he's subsequently been stripped of those uh, because he was uh, found guilty of being a drug cheat and um, they've been taken off him. Uh, but he was doing it in an era where you know, most people were taking drugs and that's his defence. Well, everybody was doing it, so it's okay. Um, and I guess you know, when you're looking through history at others that have won it, uh, and you know, won lots of grand tours. Uh, who knows what they were on? I mean, they say that Eddie Merckx, I have a photo with Eddie Merckx, uh, is the greatest bike rider ever. And he won five Tour de France's and he won like every, everything out there, world championships, all the grand tours. Uh, but <clears throat> um, there was one particular race where um, that he was, suspected of taking drugs. I don't know what the drug was back then, uh, but taking something. Uh, but of course he denied it, and all the cyclists have always denied it until you know, there's undeniable evidence. Um, so, but people still hold him up on a pedestal. The reality is only those riders know what they were doing, and some of those people that we say, oh, these are fantastic, they could have been in the same situation. They just weren't caught. Uh, because the technology in detecting some of these things is behind the technology in creating them, if that makes sense. Uh, so you'll have countries around the world, and it's Russia, Italy, uh, West, or Germany, uh, that are the countries that are kind of at the cutting edge of uh, finding, uh, I suppose, artificial ways to enhance performance. And uh, there'll be people out there trying to do that naturally as well. But people are always looking for that something, that magic formula to give them an extra edge. And that's where you get these drugs, like obviously your steroids. I mean, the cyclists tend to take things like EPO, which um, help them conserve their oxygen and go harder for longer and that type of stuff. Uh, you know, there's blood doping and, and that kind of stuff, which... Um, in the past has been undetectable because it's their own blood. It's not putting an artificial a substance into their system. It's using their, their own blood to put that back into their system and that gives them that extra boost um, uh, to make them go harder for longer. And that's what uh, they were doing in the end. Well, not only that um, with Armstrong's team, but they were doing other things as well, but they were doing the blood doping. So they, they've now introduced this concept of a blood passport so imagine that that's like, a, I suppose it's a bit like DNA of your blood, uh, but it's, I'm probably not going to explain this very well in scientific terms, but basically your blood should always be the same. You know, it should always have the same sorts of properties. Whatever they're measuring, it should always be about the same. Uh, imagine it's like a, um, a stream of water, uh, but it's running across in front of you um, horizontally. And so it should also always be about level. Now, if you, let's just say that you introduce, say, an anabolic steroid or something like that into it, what that's going to do to your blood is form a huge spike. And um, the, these things don't happen unless you put something in there. So your blood will always be about the same um, through this testing that they do. So as soon as you add something, whether it's blood doping or EPO or these other substances, it changes that. So therefore they can see whenever they test that, oh, hang on, there's something 
unusual here. And they do an A test, they do a B sample, all that kind of stuff. And then um, uh, yeah, that's how they determine whether people are guilty and so forth. But um, yeah, so at least they've done that to, to help improve the sport because it, it has been tarnished forever. And because it is such a hard sport, there's been a lot of drug cheating in it over the, the many decades uh, because um, these other teams were doing it, not getting caught and always winning. Um, so the other team said, well, if we can't compete with these people unless we're doing the same thing. And it, it, it's sad uh, that that's the case. But they introduced these laws to really protect the athlete because obviously long term, these things are not good for them. Uh, so, yeah. I guess the point of uh, today's 365 is around uh, perhaps where you're, where you're setting your limitations and uh, yeah, based on your age. And perhaps there are some things out there that you thought, well, I've always wanted to do that, but I'm too old or whatever barrier that you put around it. So I'm going to give you some homework right now. So that homework is, I want you to, uh, you might have to grab out your uh, goal list that we did um, just recently. I know we've done it a few times through the 365s over the past 99 days, but um, maybe grab that out again because you should be looking at this all the time and have a look at what are some of those things that are in the back of your mind or the forefront of your mind that you think, I should have done these things in my lifetime, this week, uh, last week, you know, whatever, but I didn't. What are those things? Some of them might be a small thing, some of them might be a bigger thing. So like today, for instance, you might be saying, well, I really want to do a workout today, but you know, I'm not really feeling like it, so I won't. So maybe there's something that's in the moment of today. Maybe there's something bigger, like um, you know, maybe it's travel, maybe it's something um, to do with your health and fitness that is uh, you know, a little bit bigger. So like me aiming to lift uh, the 182 and a half kilos, I can't just say, okay, I'm gonna go do that today uh, when I've only been lifting, like yes, oh, the day before, my shoulder's been a bit sore, so I lifted 77. And that, but that is the heaviest that I've done for quite some time because I haven't been wanting to push the shoulder. Um, so I can't then today say, okay, I'm going to try for 182.5 kilos. It's 105.5 kilos heavier than what I lifted earlier in the week. I mean, that's not, that's not sensible to do that. Instead, it would be, okay, so I'm going to make sure that I've created a program that's going to get me there and then set some time frames to say, okay, I'm going to achieve that by, uh, so from going from where I am right now, getting back to there, it would probably be like, say, March next year. So let's take that 12, 16 weeks, something like that. And um, then have the program, the nutrition, all that kind of stuff laid out. So, okay, I'm going to come up with a program that's going to get me there. That's one that I can't get there straight away. But I can take action today to, uh, you know, get me to that point that I want to. So what are, what are those things for you? So take out a piece of paper or, you, you know, write write these down on your computer, whatever. Um, so I want you to think of three to five things 
that you have been putting off or you know they've been sitting in the back of your minds for the last 15, 20, whatever years that you really want to do that, but you've never actually just taken the time to do it. I just want you to write them all down. I don't want you to think, oh, well, no, I won't write that one down because, yeah, look, I can't do it for these reasons. Don't come up with any excuses. There's no limitations at this point, okay? Now, I just want you to identify what all of those things are that you've wanted to do in your lifetime that you haven't done, you've been putting off, and they're still really important to you. You would really like to, to do them. Okay, so go ahead and write those. Put me on pause for a moment and I will wait. All right, now that you've done that, you've got three to five plus of those things. Then I want you to go through and write down next to each one of them uh, at least three plus reasons as to why it is that you haven't done them. So write those down next to each one of those. All right, put me on hold again. All right, now that you've done those, I want you to um, identify the top three that you think, so let's just say that you've written down, I don't know, 10 different things that you wanna do in your lifetime. So pick the top three. Now I don't mean pick the top three that you think will be easiest to achieve, I mean, again, thinking without limitations, pick the top three things that you believe will have the biggest impact on your life in whatever form that you, you think that is. Pick the top three of those. Okay, put me on hold again. Okay, great. Now that you've got those three, I want you to pick the highest one. Okay, number one. Put me on hold again. All right, now that you've got that number one, now's the important part. I want you to write down some action steps. At least three, nah, it's gonna to have to be more than that. It's probably gonna to have to be 10 or more action steps that you are going to take to achieve your outcome, okay? Maybe this is already sitting on your goal list and that's great make sure you've articulated it the right way. So now that you've got your um, 10 plus items of what you're going to do to take action to move yourself closer to achieving that goal, it's time to write all those things down and maybe put them in order that you're going to achieve them and then what you're going to do within the next hour from finishing with this podcast to move yourself closer to achieving those goals or that very first step. You don't have to complete the process, but it's about making sure that you create the momentum right now to edge yourself closer because that's all your homework, right? The reason that I say that is because I'm sure you've been to a course before or a conference or something like that or read a book or you know, listened to something and said, yeah, that's really good. I'm going to do that. But you never have. Now, I'm guilty of this as well. Um, you know, I've got things written down in notebooks that I've never done anything about. Uh, the, uh, the, the conference I went to or the workshop I went to 
in Brisbane recently, I've written all the action points down. Actually, not all of them. I was going through my notes the other day and there's still some things in there that I still need to capture uh, into, yeah, I've created a, a word table uh, where I've got all the, the items in there. Uh, but um, there's things that I haven't done, a whole bunch of them that I haven't done. I've captured them and using this new person, uh, Mary is what I'm going to use to help progress these things and get through them quicker. But I haven't done anything yet. Now, I'm sure there are things from uh, Unleash the Power Within. The last time I went to that, there were some great notes that I wrote down. And I'm sure there's some things in there that I haven't done. There's things that I have done, but I'm sure there's things that I haven't done. So I'm just as guilty as this as anyone else. Um, the, the point is that I go back and... Yeah, make sure that I, I revisit these things to say, okay, now it's time to go and do these things. Um, so this is your opportunity now to say, okay, I'm going to make sure that I follow through. All right, that's your homework. Have fun with it and I will see you tomorrow.